Sinners and Saints, dust off those horns and halos. It's time for Alan After Dark. Sinners and Saints, welcome to the latest edition of Alan After Dark. I hope you're feeling well. I hope you're feeling sexy. I hope you're ready for an interesting time tonight. You know, when I first started this podcast and, and a majority... Well, okay, almost all the episodes have had a sexual element to them. As I've described the podcast, I don't want to just focus on one thing. I think that any topic is worth discussing, and that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to discuss something sort of outside the realm of what we normally talk about. And the main reason is, is that, well, I want to talk about this because I'm getting sick and tired of all the bullshit I keep seeing in the media and what I hear out when I'm out and about on the streets and from other people. Being a gay guy that was raised in the Bible Belt in the American South, I was subjected to religion from the time I was born until the time I almost want to say escaped. And I guess I will call it that from the time that I escaped from it. I want to address, I have questions about certain things that are never addressed, not discussed. And I'm going to actually ask these questions of science as well. The only way I think of that I can do this is to do it through this podcast. And uh, I have asked people directly in my life before, and I was always told, well, you can't talk about certain things. You have to just accept it. You don't want to make God angry, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't buy that bullshit, okay? So I think tonight... We will talk about guys for a little bit, but I really want to kick off this episode with the questions I have about God, religion, and where we all fit in the grand scheme of life. I'm sure the first question that comes to mind for many of you is why would a podcast that focuses on gay-oriented themes want to discuss this topic well primarily the reason is is that religion has been used to punish and attack my community since the inception of religion it's been a device used by prejudiced people to justify any behavior that they have i really want to push back on these people with questions that are sincere questions that I really have. And I'm not trying to to disparage any one of you that is listening to this podcast. If you practice religion, that is great. That is wonderful for you. But if you're using your religion to attack other people, you are wrong. Pure and simple, you are wrong. I want to begin, I believe, with with the simplest question, I believe. Well, let's not call it a question. Let's just say I'm going to express an observation with the challenge of explaining it to me. Okay? So, how is God defined? From the from the time that I was able to understand in church, God was defined as this all-powerful entity that created everything in the universe is so powerful that the entity is aware of every single thing that we do 
every single day, every single person on this planet. God is all up in our business every day and can make changes or force changes in our lives at the mere thought of it. They also believe that God has been in existence forever. And that here comes my first question. How is that possible? How could God exist forever? How is there no beginning? So if there's no beginning, what was before that? I don't understand how there is no beginning. How is there any possibility that there could be something that didn't come or form from something else? It doesn't seem possible to me. It's just an easy answer for everything. It's, it's, the answer is, well, you have to have faith and not challenge uh, the church. Don't trouble yourself with these kinds of thoughts. I believe that's a cop-out. I don't believe that that's the way anyone should approach it. I believe that if nothing else, you would just say, I don't know. But if anybody has an answer to that, I am very open to hearing it. How does God as an entity not have a beginning? And why did all of a sudden one day God decides to create a planet that has life on it and and knows how and creates us the way we are, creates every animal, every plant, the weather, everything is created and can be manipulated every single day. What is God's mission then? What is God's goal? If God's goal is to do good, why don't we see more good? I am bewildered by the concept that God allowed Adolf Hitler to exist. God allowed Hitler to cause a war that annihilated so many millions of people. God allows famine and murder and rape. God kills as many children as any war does, right? If a child, if if a woman is pregnant and the baby is miscarried, God could stop that, right? And I've heard the stories about, oh, well, God has a, a different plan. God works in mysterious ways. And to me, that's still a cop out. If you have all this power, all these abilities, why wouldn't you do everything you could to help everyone? I really am just asking the question. Why wouldn't you do everything you could to make everybody's life happy? We don't need poverty. We don't need these things. Everybody can be living a rich, wonderful life. The argument is, is that you suffer through this life to get to the next life, which is the perfect life. But no one can really explain what that means. And then I'm supposed to believe that God is limited by this book written by humans called the Holy Bible that contains his power, that he will honor everything that's written in that book as a complete and total promise. Even though he has already wiped out the earth once, all the people on it, every animal except for those that were on the ark, which that's a challenging question right there, that people really do believe that the earth was wiped out by floods and Noah was able to have every animal on the ark when God just could say, I'm just going to wipe everything out and kill everything without having to worry about a flood or anything. Why the symbolism? If you wanted people to believe, just strike them all dead right there 
and say you guys are still alive and this is this is what you have left. But I also always hear was that it was a test of Noah. It was a show of faith to prove his faith, even though, from what I understand, the Noah's Ark story comes from a Babylonian story, does it not? And speaking of which, what was God doing all the time before the earth existed? What was happening in the universe before us? There is an absolute belief in in the Baptist religion that the earth is only about six or seven thousand years old, even though science says that it's billions of years old, like 13 billion, right? The universe is. So either way, though, we had a beginning. What was God doing before that? Because God has always existed, right? So God was doing something. Anyway, that's question number one. And I would love to hear, well, I don't want death threats, but I'd like to hear genuine responses to my question on the origins and the abilities of the entity known as God. As I said at the beginning, I wasn't going to let science off the hook either. The next part of my question would be to science is to explain the Big Bang. I mean, I do understand that that theory does provide a beginning, but for me, that's a bit confusing. How how could there be this massive explosion that also creates everything in the universe, an expansion and so on? How does that how does that work? How does if there was nothing, literally nothing, what caused the explosion? What caused the Big Bang? I get that that is a very good way to scientifically show a beginning of everything, but to me. It's still an incomplete answer, and, and, and that is the purpose of science, is to keep searching to find all the answers, and there probably isn't an answer to that. Maybe that's the conflict. Maybe that's where all this stems from, because science can't answer it. Religion tried to provide an answer. Oh, and before I go any further, Chadwick, the Big Bang wasn't what I called last week's orgy. Unfortunately, religion now in a lot of places on this planet usurps science. People will will believe religion over science, even though they don't really. And I'm going to give you an example and part of my second question about faith. I've always felt that religious people who invoke their quote unquote faith are just using it as a, they've always used it as a way to get out of things. They want to use it. Well, I've said it already. They they use it as a weapon, a tool, a device to get their own way, despite what law or our constitution says. They're going to they're going to invoke their faith to justify and rationalize whatever they do. That woman in Kentucky, uh was her name uh Kim Davis, the clerk who refused same-sex couples their marriage licenses because she said it was against her faith even though she was elected to do that job. It doesn't matter what your faith is. It's always been a crutch and a tool, a device for them to get out of almost anything. But I'm going to I'm going to provide a few examples that will show that they really don't have the faith that they claim they do. Uh, the first one is, once again, going back to their God concept, is that God is all-powerful and can do anything imaginable. He could take care of anything as long as you have faith. We hear all the time now from the Republican Party, 
who invokes their religion in, in every other breath, it seems, that President Biden isn't doing enough, that the that the southern border between the United States and Mexico is a disaster and he's just allowing criminals and everybody you can think of, any wicked person can come across that border, which is absolutely a falsehood. But their Bible says that you should welcome these people in and that if you do the right things, God not only will take care of them that you're welcoming in, but God will take care of you as well. So I don't understand how they balance their so-called faith with their behavior. If they really had faith, they would be they would be confident that God would take care of all of us and never allow people that we've welcomed in to harm us. It seems logical to me, invoking their own religious beliefs, that if you do the right thing, God rewards you. But clearly, Republicans don't believe that because... They are basically shitting themselves every day in terror over this imagined threat coming across our border. It's almost like illegal immigrant is their new version of a witch that they want to burn at the stake. I remember once getting into this spirited debate with a couple of Republicans over the border and how they were all for the building of this giant wall that was supposed to keep people out. And I had just had enough. And I said, I thought your God could take care of that. If you prayed hard enough, had faith, God wouldn't allow those people to come across the border. Why do you need a wall? And of course, they both got very defensive over it. And one of them tried to argue, well, prisons are walls and look how effective they are. And I was looking at them funny. I'm like, Prisons are effective because you have armed guards on top of the walls threatening to shoot everybody. My God, you dumbasses. <laughs> if the prisons didn't have armed guards on the walls and watchtowers every so many feet, my God, the prisoners would get out of there easily. It's just ridiculous some of the arguments they make. They're always looking for these quick solutions while ignoring their own religious beliefs or their alleged religious beliefs. The most humorous example I can think of are uh, these televangelists at the height of the COVID pandemic, uh, like Jim Baker, of all people. They're doing a religious show, preaching faith and the Bible, etc. And yet they're promoting their own cures for COVID, medicines and things to take for COVID. And when I heard about Jim Baker getting in a lot of trouble over pitching this ridiculous medicine, quote unquote, I was like, if they were being true to their religious beliefs, their faith, they would say, you can just pray COVID away. If you have faith and your prayer is and your prayer will be answered. It just bewilders me sometimes how people don't see these things. They don't see the irony and the hypocrisy of these people who are nothing more than an ambulance chaser. They are nothing but scam artists. They are people just trying to rip you off of your money. Uh, what do they call it? Snake oil salesmen. That's what they call them. And people buy this stuff hook, line, and sinker. They believe it. I just don't understand why how they can be so easily drawn in by frauds. But we see it in this country. 
after the last, over the last six, seven years, how they're so gullible that they'll believe anything that someone will say as long as that person agrees with what they believe. If you cater to their racism, they'll believe anything and they'll defend you to their dying breath. They love their liars. And I just keep wondering why they can't figure that out, why they can be so easily drawn in by these fraudsters. I guess that's why I didn't go into psychiatry, right? My last question in this episode is probably the most difficult for me to really talk about because it angers me so much. Now, a lot of you are probably too young to remember the beginnings of the AIDS crisis. You know, it was a disease that is spread through blood transfusions and sexual contact, initially primarily through gay men, through gay sex. And oh my God, the the right-wing extremists really had a field day with it, saying that AIDS, HIV AIDS was punishment from God for what gay men do. Totally ignoring that it wasn't always just gay men becoming ill with the virus. It was people of all walks of life who needed blood. It was women, straight men, babies, they were getting it, but they would not allow that, those those facts, to get in the way of their aha moments of blaming and targeting gay men as if they were the reasons why the disease originated. They used it once again to create fear of gay men, and that went on. Well, it goes on still to this day, I know. I just You just don't hear about it as much because AIDS is a chronic illness that can be treated with medications, whereas... 40 years ago, it was a death sentence. No one escaped it back in those days. They instilled that fear through demonizing gay men. And I know y'all don't remember this, but there was some religious group that had infiltrated a a San Francisco bathhouse with, uh, he wore uh, a hidden camera and it showed, the video showed gay men being explicit, having sex and everything else in this bathhouse. And that did as much damage on a propaganda level as anything else did. It kind of showed gay men in a light that wasn't acceptable to society. Well, it's still not acceptable in society, but it really did a lot of damage. And it wasn't long. I, I believe that most of the bathhouses in San Francisco closed anyway out of the fear of AIDS, of, of acquiring the, the, the virus. And But to have these religious people trying to justify targeting gay men on a religious level, saying that God was punishing gay men because they didn't like what gay men were doing, really was painful to to witness, especially as a really young man figuring out his sexuality in the closet, not sure what it all meant, and being exposed to this almost every day on the news or somewhere from people or whatever. I mean, at one point... I heard someone, people here believed in my hometown where I originally came from, they believed that they could get HIV through a mosquito bite. Let that sink in for just a second there. They really believed that. So my question is then, if AIDS was a punishment from God, does that mean cancer is a punishment from God? Does di- Is diabetes 
um, a punishment from God. Lou Gehrig's disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, heart attacks, all these things, are they punishments from God? And why doesn't God just stop it? Why does God allow all these horrible diseases? Why did he allow COVID? Why did, and I, I feel bad. I keep saying he. I remember a, a Sunday school teacher years and years and years ago when he was asked what God was, and he read from a scripture that I don't have handy, and I can't remember the, the actual verse, chapter, and book. He just read it, and, it, and the verse says, God is a consuming fire. That's how he described God. Well, I think about that. When I hear that, I think that that means the sun. Isn't that paganism then? But anyway, that one, when that was happening and they still justify it, you know, Jesse Helms, the senator from North Carolina, he was a very anti-gay person and he would uh, make speeches on the Senate floor. He would say things like if gay men and IV drug users would stop doing what they were doing, that AIDS would stop immediately. It would it would go away, which is bullshit, of course. It's a virus. It's opportunistic in its methods. So it was going to come out no matter where it had to. It was going to evolve the way it did, no matter who it was. Unfortunately for gay men, it was the gay community that was the first ones to feel the effects of it and to get the blame. But once again... It's religious people that are that are causing this. They are using their hatred of someone. They are taking advantage of a situation to sort of justify their hatred. And I can already hear my critics saying, well, you're doing the same thing. You're bashing religion as badly as they're bashing you. And it may sound like that, but I'm bashing the ones who do these things. I'm not bashing the people that really do love going to church, expressing themselves through their religious beliefs. But the people that I know and love that do go to church, they're not the ones who are bashing everybody else over the head with their beliefs. They're just practicing their religion as they want to and not trying to impose their will on everybody else. And to me, that's the way religion should be practiced, if it should be practiced at all. And I'm, I'm sure people were saying, well, you must be an atheist. Well, atheist, atheism, isn't that really just a word that religious people use to, to try to demonize people that don't believe like they do? Because in all honesty, I have to say, I'm not necessarily atheist, but I don't believe in religion at all. And I don't believe it has the answers that I'm looking for. And I would agree that science doesn't have the answers, at least yet. And I'm willing to be open about the issues that I have regarding God and life and the infinite space that's around us. Jeez, it feels like I'm about to break out into a Smashing Pumpkins song. What the hell? But I don't accept that you and your religion has a right to tell me how I should live at all. Now, I know you guys are all here because you want to get an update on Mohawk Man at the grocery store. Well, I've got some bad news. He must have been off the days that I was there because I didn't get to see him, and I'm very disappointed. But I was lucky that the bread man was there on his knees doing his thing, stuffing those shelves full of his loaves. But also I had the pleasure 
of an adventure. Well, not an adventure, but I was at the mall looking for a certain shirt to wear for the upcoming weekend. And I came upon two guys walking together. They were shopping. And I have started to notice how short shorts for men are making a comeback. And these two guys were absolute studs walking around the mall. And before I realized it, I was kind of following them just to get an extra helping of that eye candy. But you know how sometimes when you get, you can become distracted and too focused on one thing. And the way my luck works is, is that when I'm focused on looking at these two hot men, my feet aren't watching where they should be going. So when I do the trip stumble and almost fall down, about 50 people saw me, including them. I am so glad that the short shorts are making a comeback. I think that they should have never gone out of style. I had the pleasure of seeing a man jogging the other day, wearing nothing but these really short shorts that have the splits up the side. And it appeared that he was wearing like Speedo type underwear. And I just about walked into traffic. It had been a great way to kick off the weekend being a, a... mowed down like a dog by a pickup truck because I'm looking at this guy's ass as he's running across the bridge. Maybe next week we'll have an update on Mohawk Guy, and I'm hoping that he hasn't left. Hopefully he's not changed employment. But I also want to just give a little preview that for the Halloween season, I'm excited about the upcoming episodes. We're going to be talking about real-life paranormal and supernatural experiences that I've had and my family has had and some folklore and also some scary true-life things that I want to share. And it seems like the appropriate time to share is during the Halloween season. So I'm looking forward to that, and I hope you are too. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Alan After Dark. I hope you've been entertained and hopefully been challenged with some of my thoughts and opinions. I hope you have a wonderful night. Remember, take life by the balls and be real. We'll see you soon.